1: What's good, internet? It is Friday, October 26th, and you are listening to probably the only gaming podcast coming out today that will not have Red Dead uh, impressions. It's probably. A choice we
0: decided. We, you know, it's kind of like when they launch like a drama against a, a Marvel movie. It's like you're just trying to get a different audience. That audience yeah. is out there, and we said we don't want traffic.
1: We hate it. <laughs> we hate traffic. No, we just didn't get code. Uh, who knows? Again, we could who, probably we might get code a minute after the embargo a cowboy hits. Cowboy
2: could ride up, true, on a horse, yeah. to our office.
1: Can you believe this motherfucker said that elves make the games? Can you believe it? Dobby was busy. No, okay. I'm sorry. Did you see this quote? Wait,
0: yeah, Dobby around? dies though. Spoilers. Dobby was a good died? elf. Dobby sucked. Yeah. Oh Dobby. Dobby, what? All right, we don't need to get into the Dobby discourse. Also, does Wait, it does Dobby? He, I don't know. Oh,
1: I Adobe? Just... They make software. <laughs>
0: different. <Okay. laughs> yeah. All right. different. All right. The different
1: quote, dope. I can't believe I'm doing this again, but the quote from today's GQ article is... Oh,
0: welcome to yet another Rockstar article, part Sam three. and I, I talk about
1: this a lot, and it's that games are still magical. It's like they're made by elves. You turn on the <laughs> screen, and it's just this world that exists on TV. I think you gain something by not knowing how they're made. oh <laughs> And then Aww. I'll finish the quote. The quote does end. As much as we might lose something in terms of people's respect for what we do, their enjoyment of what we do is enhanced, which is probably more important. Their joy is
3: more important than their respect. Oi! So That's instead of
2: me dying just well, like Dobby does. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> Clearly respect not a huge priority for whoever wrote that line.
1: <laughs> God. Uh, I'm Austin Walker. Joining me today, you've already heard the wonderful voices of Rob Zachney. Hey, what's up? Danielle Riendo. Hi. Natalie Watson. Hello. And Patrick Klepik. Laura, Laura, Doby, Dobby. Dobby, yeah, tomato, Dobby. tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Dobby. <laughs> you After say that quote, Dobby. I'm ready to. And I, I say, say, yeah, honestly, yeah. Uh, you know what makes me want to quit everything is Subterfuge, a game that has technically... the, the my, my phone, my, my hand computer says that that game only began a few minutes ago. Uh, but I think, Rob, you and I know that it
3: actually began hours ago. Yeah, I've been as playing as since e- dawn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to set up what this is and why we're talking about it briefly today?
3: Uh okay, so Subterfuge is we talked about this a little bit before on the show, so apologies if this is old hat to you. Uh, Subterfuge is a mobile game that has a lot in common with the board game like Diplomacy. It's Mm. a uh, strategy game that's the rules are very simple, but the main like the main mechanic is interacting with other players. It's creating these. Uh, alliances, negotiations, and there's nothing in the game that helps you enforce any agreements you make. So betrayal is always a possibility. In other words, you can't say, oh,
1: we're allies, so my ships can't hit your ships. My
3: ships can always
1: hit your ships. There's only your word to go on.
3: Right. This isn't Civ where like, oh, we're friends now. My ships can't even enter your territory. Somebody can always like stick a dagger in you. And because combat is basically... Uh, completely predetermined like once you launch subs you'll see what the uh, outcome of the combat is going to be and the exact like mathematical formula that's going to determine who's who's going to survive and, and take the uh, outpost that means that there's not really like tactical maneuvering you can do to give yourself a leg up you can buy hero characters that tweak certain outcomes in combat and they become important it's valuable to know how to handle them but predominantly the way you guarantee success is to make sure that you're not left holding the bag when the game of like Alliance musical chairs wraps up and everyone makes their first moves. Now what's interesting about this game is that this is a group of people that largely have played together a bunch before this group broke up uh, because they played together so much that there was a metagame that was becoming like unbreakable. Everyone knew like each other's play styles and so every game had this weird like context informed by every other game this group had played together now we're all playing anonymously and none of that history like matters and also i'm here other. now yes
4: <laughs> i'm going to throw a
3: wrench into everything
1: everyone is here uh, we, we decided to do this as a donation incentive during our Florence Project fundraising stream, or our marathon earlier this week or last week, last I guess. Last week. Time is wild, isn't it? <laughs> um, and as part of that, we are going to do a series of blog posts and probably a wrap-up podcast about our experiences. I've already begun writing my daily reports yesterday before the game even began. Um, what? Day zero. Day zero. I wrote a day zero post. Because I had to be like, I don't remember how this fucking game works. What am I going to do? I'm fucking screwed. And then I had to be like, oh, no, I got it. I remember how this works. (laughs) Wow. Um, I am so excited. The thing that's amazing is like the game technically, again, started like this past hour. But you get to look at the map hours before that and can immediately start talking to people. And so my morning has been a lot of meetings. I've been a lot of chats with people, both in the office and in my underwater sea kingdom. Uh, the real office The real office The truest office And the only thing I want to say The only thing I, I'm saving a lot for these blog posts Which you can look forward to Over the next week or two Also that's the other thing We didn't say This game is not a game You play for a day This is a game you play For over a week Gosh. Two weeks What was the longest one it Was like two and a half weeks For you Right Rob
3: Yeah um, Two and a half weeks with ha- like, I'm not sure I've ever seen A game go three Okay so Usually okay. the acceleration hits Like at the end of week one And you start to wrap up Okay
1: only a week of my life is going to be dedicated wow. to this thing that's always on with submarines attacking me at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Are and you
2: going to win this because you're an insomniac? It
1: might. It helps. It, it helped me the first time I played right. it, 100%. Right. I only want to add one thing, which is at some point I wanted to look up the hero characters, the specialists that Rob mentioned mm. before, and be like, is there a tier list? Like, I have I – have, Every four hours you can recruit a new one. You kind of get like a, a random hand of three of them to pull from. They do things – they do all sorts of things. I'm not going to say what they do because I don't want to tip my hand and show the, the psychology of what I have to choose from <laughs> in case Rob makes a play against me in the next few years or next few God. minutes, years. In my mind, we're playing years. for keeps. Um, <laughs> but I did look up a, a forum thread and I was like, oh, what's, what, what's the internet have to say about this? And you know, there's like back and forth and like, oh, this is better than this or, yo, you could try this, you could try this. At the very bottom, there was just a single – like note there was a single uh post that was not in response to anything else and all it said was do it jesus christ just do it and like all right good i'm glad i got a preview of my i i'm pretty sure the end of this is i go back in time and make that post wow. that's what i'm pretty sure the end <laughs> of all this goes so that is my good. personal nightmare scenario currently and and i'm excited to tell this story together
3: <laughs> i uh I think what's funny here is that I've become so accustomed to relying on that metagame, knowing who people are, to yeah. guide my actions. Like, uh, there's always a Capizoli, and right. is he in he this? That's the thing I don't know who's in this group. No, so Capo did not join this game, uh, which means that you're not going to have somebody basically like crash out over a, like a really dumb betrayal. Uh, I don't know. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, but. So, there's none of that to guide our actions. And so, right. what I'm finding myself doing psychologically is I'm narrativizing everything and mm-hmm. trying to find reasons to like turn against someone and like. It's turning me into, like, the Montresor of, uh, like, subterfuge, right. right? Where, like, literally somebody doesn't, like, respond to a message 100%. promptly. And I'm like, the thousand injuries of Fortunato I had borne as best I could. <laughs> and, like, I'm, like, getting ready with the brick and mortar. And, like, that's, that's Rob, me, right?
1: Rob, I've now. already made these notes. My day one thing is like my opening messages are a mix of productive and frightening and then a breakdown of various conversations in which some of them are ideal because we quickly negotiate borders and what we want to trade. And then someone else is like short and terse and is just like, yeah, I'm taking this. I'm doing this. And then a third person just hasn't responded. And that's the most terrifying thing. Of all no, I think Rob's a negotiator. I don't know. I suspect I suspect we could play through this whole game and in the end learn that Rob and I have worked hand in glove without ever having known, or become bitter rivals that have never spoken but have been orchestrating things in our various Ooh, corners I like of that. the map. I can see
3: that. That's the dream. My agenda though, my real agenda is to go big or go home quickly. That's kind of That's, my like yeah. I wanna be in this thing or I yep. wanna be taken right the fuck out. That's Who my agenda you. in life, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um, we should talk about games that other people are playing and not just this nightmare we've put ourselves in for charity shout out to the Florence Project did it Project. for charity yes I yeah. uh, did it for a great cause shout out again to everyone who helped make that possible I know I'm just still in the afterglow of and like the like weird emotional drop of not mm-hmm. doing it because like, it's like you're when you're doing a stream like that some part of your brain is like, well, I guess this is it. I'm just doing this for the rest of my life. This yes, is what 100%. a day is. Yeah. It's a
2: survival instinct. Yeah, totally. You, you run on adrenaline, and totally. that's what, how it works.
1: Um, so I'm still coming down from that. I'm still fighting a sickness. But that didn't mean that I didn't make time last night to play the first beta session of Fallout 76, the new multiplayer survival crafting game from Bethesda that takes place in the Fallout world. Ask me anything about Fallout 76.
3: So Bethesda promised that that beta was so unstable it would murder your family, right? I had no problem. I had some animation issues, but it was fun. Okay. Natalie.
4: Are there
5: zombies?
1: There are, like, so many zombies. (laughs) In fact... What are they, like... They're called Scorchers, (laughs) or Scorched. They're called the Scorched. And they're just ghouls, but they're, like... That's weird, man. So you you start off in Fallout 70s. You start start in Vault 76, which is in West Virginia. And the Mm. premise is... You know how all the vaults? Have you all played Fallout games in the mm-hmm. past? Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. vaults were like sold by by or rooms in the vaults were sold by Vault Tech for people to survive in mm-hmm. and outlast the the rest of the, uh, the, the the nuclear fallout and to then like let people back out into society. Fallout seventy six each each vault has a premise where like one of them will be hey there's a there's a place um, there's a place where we uh, want to see what the effect of music has on people, so we're gonna like. Turn this into a test lab. Almost all of them are weird test labs. The Vault 76 premise is, hey, we don't actually... We need people out there immediately to try to reclaim the world for vault Tech. It's like vault Tech's play at becoming a national power. Oh, wow. And so the premise is 25 years. Also, they're like, oh, also, we're pretty sure that locking people in the room for 100 or 200 years will fuck them up and will fuck culture up because people will come to rely on the vaults and all of, like, the free water and free food and, like, the basic structure of society and won't want to go back out into the world and want to stay in here So
4: they're forever. not asleep?
1: No, no, no. Only in 4. In 4, you get cryostasis right, right. but the bulk of vaults in the Fallout world are all like you oh, live in there I didn't realize you like that. hang out you have generations families generations of people yeah 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 like, live
4: four in, in New Vegas are the only ones I've played
1: like, yeah so there's some in New Vegas where you can find the like oh in this one they did a bunch of like mm. like gardening experiments and stuff and it's a lot of like bottle episode-y, like, yeah. big idea, like, almost like Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Like, ah, and this on this planet, this is the mobster planet. And so you will straight <laughs> yeah. up find yep. the mobster vault where they put all the mobsters. Wow. That's in Fallout 4 100%. <laughs> um, and so in this, the the premise is like, we don't want people to, to rely on the vault and also we want them to quickly go out, claim the nuke sites that are in West Virginia and take over the country for vault tech. After 25 After years. 25 years. And so you're a, colonist who goes back out into the wilderness and it's the weirdest fucking thing. With your friends. With your, well, yeah, you can. I didn't play with any friends because I don't have any because I'm playing subterfuge now (laughs) and all I have are allies and enemies. Um, No friends allowed. Uh, And so it's weird. Like, I don't know what you come to Fallout for. I tend to come to it for storytelling, for weird characters, for interesting locations. And... In my three hours with this game, or four hours or whatever, it was like from 7 to 11 last night, you get. There are some characters who show up via audio logs. You kind of start to. You go out into the wilderness and and you immediately see that, like, oh, no one is alive. There are no human encampments. There are robots. There are audio logs. There are computers with diaries on them. There are people who lived through the bomb blasts and who tried to help other people and have since died. Um, And there are lots of dungeons. There are lots of the, like, Fallout style of, like, oh, this is a a power plant. Oh, this is an auto factory and it's been overtaken by zombies or by um, or by robots. And that's the kind of things. the two yeah. things, zombies yeah. and robots. And it's super weird to play a game like this where you, oh, this is a settlement and the only characters there are other people in vault Tech jumpsuits who are running around doing the barf emote. And it's just like <laughs> not doing it for me. I don't
0: I, know. I, this, I, this all, I, yeah, love, I played more of Fallout 3 than maybe like any other video game in the last, Ten, or it's been more than ten years now, right? to just
2: about ten, I think. But about to, whatever, like I, yeah, I, yeah,
0: yeah. I, you know, like one hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, like just an enormous amount of time spent. You know, one hundred and twenty plus hours in Fallout New Vegas. I just don't do that with video games. Fallout Four, like I actively disliked. It was nothing about it I found interesting, despite spending sixty hours looking for something to enjoy. Um I didn't like the storytelling. I didn't like the base building. Like it yeah. just the game turned me off and. I've, I've wanted to be interested in this, but I've since just decided it's not nothing about this is for me that I, if I was to boot this up, I would be doing, it kind of sounds like what you did for three hours, which is like desperately searching for the game. I wanted them to build before I just realized after six or seven hours that they didn't, they didn't make that game. And yeah. I, I just need to punt on that and go find something else to play. And I'll, I bet there will be amazing stories written about cool things that happen in fallout 76. That I'm excited to play in the or excited to read in the way that I theoretically think Eve Online is interesting, but I have no interest yeah. in the actual mechanics mm-hmm. and like interact interacting with it. Um, but Fall 76 just does not seem like any of the stuff I look for in these games is is here. And so until like told otherwise, and like a final version, where it's like actually like if you do like these five things, you can. It's it's a cool arc. But absent that, I don't know. There that are going have... to be
1: those things, right? Because, like, I can already tell you, oh, yeah, here's a cool character who is, like, she was a PhD student in sociology who joined this group called the, like, the... I forget but the, it's the, all in
0: diaries, right? It's, like, all it's all diaries. Then, and vo- f- yeah, I can then give me a PDF file.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally. Um, and the, the other ha- half of this, too, for me is just, like, the... There is something really... I like taking my time with these games, and I like... Okay, so one, I like to keep an open mind about franchises. I was the person who... I had friends who were like, ugh, Resident Evil 4 isn't a real Resident Evil game because it's not slow and meandering and scary in the same way that 1, 2, 3, you know, and, and Code Veronica were or whatever. It's this action game. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, but, like, Resident Evil is just a title you're putting on a thing. I... Um, Or or with the Bioware stuff, right? With, like, Bioware and Anthem and moving in this new direction. I'm fine when development teams want to take a new direction and want to try to play inside of the space of a franchise without doing what they've done before. Mm -hmm. I think as long as they're honest and open about that, I want to encourage that experimentation. So I want to encourage this. But, like... When I'm when I sit down to play this game, and I go to a public event about clearing or about killing the zombies in a power plant and repairing it, and I'm like one of two players trying to do it and dying and going on corpse runs to get my gear back, and the there's a time it's a like a forty five minute long timed public event that I like just I, I if I had not. I figured something out with 30 seconds left that let me finish this event after investing 44 minutes of, like, yeah. making... I was making continuous good progress yeah. through that 44 minutes, and then I hit... I was like, okay, well, in Fallout, in regular, in previous Fallout games, if I'm, like, if I'm in a dungeon or a, if I'm in a facility, if I'm in a vault where I'm like, oh, this is too high level for me, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, I can do that and come back at my leisure. But the fact that this event had a timer on it was like, well, I've already dumped in 30 minutes... If, if I could just push through and figure this last little bit out, I can do it. And I managed to do it, like, seconds before the end of it. And then it kind of – I think maybe that was one of the glitches. It glitched out while it was supposed to be giving me the next step, and it just didn't do that. Oh. It was also near the end of the, the demo or, like, the, the beta period. So they might have had a trigger in it that was, like, don't give the next step. Like, they started to. It popped up on the screen. It was like, well, next, go do blah. And then it disappeared. Mm. Um uh, here's the other thing: is like I'm the person who does like the crafting in Fallout 4. I built like a really cool base. I built cool basketball courts and a little like a jazz club. And like <laughs> I like that stuff. Yeah. But I like that stuff, and uh, because it interacted in some way with the rest of the fictional world, it wasn't really well integrated. If I went back now to Fallout 4, there's lots of mods that would help that integration really, really live and breathe. But like I could in my head tell the story of my home base with my NPCs where people where I was b- building a place for people to live in this world here I can't really convince myself of that because I I know that that's not the case
4: yeah maybe the immersion I mean in in Fallout 4 it is wholly yours yeah like there is no one the the world is only going to react to you yeah. and so you are in a direct relationship with that game that is mutual it is it is you know a uh, uh, Giving back to each other, but with the addition of like all these other uh, players, I wonder what that interactivity or what that uh, reaction is going to feel like.
1: It's already weird. Like, I don't like seeing. So, I've played a bunch of Elder Scrolls online before, and I think that's a game that has a lot of good writing and some really cool characters in it. And also, I hate seeing 30 other people running around with the same gear I have on, talking to the Daedric god of whatever, as if like. It, it makes that not a special experience. So I understand that there is I, they're actually sidestepping some of those issues, right? Where like I don't want the Fallout game where it's thirty people standing in a circle around the one Brotherhood of Steel quest giver either. Yeah. Um, but what I would have wanted is like I, I think about Fallout Four again that I have issues with a game that was I liked it more than a lot of people, but I had serious issues with the storytelling in it, and it's, it's serious issues with with uh, kind of some of the game design elements. Um, the performance was rough and all of that. But if you just let me play through that game with a friend as it was, I would have had a pretty good time. And... Like co-op. Yeah, just a co-op mode with like me and two or three other people would have been fantastic. Here, I, it feels like Rust with the hard edges sanded down mm-hmm. because, and again, I played for three hours, so who the fuck knows. But yeah. like, I... It, it just, it's a strange feeling in terms of what the progression mechanics are mixed with what the, like the cost of dying are which are very limited mixed with the feeling that you're supposed to be the survivors out in the wilderness I don't know <clears throat> we'll see how it shakes out I'm, I'm gonna keep playing it the guns feel good as game <laughs> critics often say that um, works in a way that's kind of neat in that it doesn't pause time at all, but like you get an automatic lock on when you hit it, and then you just like oh, I'm gonna shoot a bunch, and like there's a percentage chance to hit, and that's really useful when there's like a ghoul up in the rafters somewhere, and you're having a hard time shooting. You know, I like all of the weapon upgrade stuff, but like it, it just it's not scratching that core big itch for me, which is about storytelling.
3: Uh, something I'm curious about is just how does it feel to like inhabit this world to be exploring these spaces because something i noticed like even with a fallout 4 is that it has that trademark like bethesda games are tuned to look great from a distance but when you get close to them everything in the levels tend to look tends to look like when you walk onto a movie set or something or like you get too close to theater props and you realize that they're nine-tenths illusion and you know a good a good painting job but there's no substance (sighs) to them there's no depth and I think Fallout games, it works well when they're out in the open world, and you're mostly looking at like vista after vista. Yeah. But a lot of times, as cool as some of the narrative bits were when you delved into a vault or something, you were also in an environment that was clearly sort of that, uh, you know, particle board uh, construction. Mm-hmm. And I'm cur- And the thing is, that's fine in a Fallout game because that's part of the bargain you make with a with a Bethesda game. I feel like that bargain's going to be different here, and I'm curious if, does it feel a little more like a proper open-world shooter? Does it still feel like Bethesda game, but multiplayer? Uh, It
1: feels a lot like the the open-world Vista's still land, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there are still moments of coming over a hill and being, oh, wow, that looks fucking great. There are moments where, and it's a beta, so who knows, but where, like, some of the assets actually undermine that. The natural assets look good. Like the trees, the lakes, the the river looks great. But there were buildings that I looked at were like, what is what is this? Like this looks like it's from Fallout Three. And again, like I'm not the person who makes those are, are, I'm not talking about This isn't Puddle Gate. I'm not saying, there's not puddles here. I'm saying, (laughs) I literally was like, did the texture not load in? What is happening? Um, And no, the texture loaded in, it was just not a particularly, it looked like Lego blocks. It looked like a big, weird teal Lego building. Mm -hmm. It was very weird. I'll I'll show you the the photo later. Um, But more importantly, the interiors super don't work for me. Outside of, small ones right like walk into a diner that works because like they do a, a decent enough job Be like oh here's the record player here's the old like automatic thing that lets you get a piece of cake from the the, the, um, the vending machine or whatever here's the, re- the 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 seats that are out here's the skeleton on the toilet who's died oh no right.
2: Um, <laughs> reading a book of jokes reading exactly yeah, yeah, exactly yeah
1: yeah yeah uh, some of it gets dark. Some of it gets, there's like, obviously they're like playing up. There's not, I found an audio tape of someone who was like, please help me, please help me, please help me for like two minutes in a row. Mm. I was like, all right, cool. Um, some of the audio tape stuff is not. Some of the audio tape stuff is actually very, very hopeful and like optimistic yeah. and is about like perspective of coming together and helping each other and stuff yeah. too, obviously. But what really doesn't work are the bigger interiors, like the power plant I was talking mm. about before for two reasons. One, I don't know that those interiors have ever been good in terms of level design. I think about the my favorite like dungeony things in terms of vaults in the past games or in terms of different locations and they're cool because there's cool narrative stuff in them. But they're rarely cool in terms of feeling like like I think Prey, a game I have issues with, does this super well. Yeah. Uh, that there is like a logical layout to this building or to this space station. When I go into a space, I come to understand it and learn it and internalize the logics of why it does what it does. Because
2: it's contained.
1: Yeah, totally. In, well like yeah. but, but they it's should also be able color to do coded that.
2: in certain ways. It's also totally. art directed in certain exactly. ways that like guides you through in a very particular
1: experience. One hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. In Fallout games, there's often the case that, like, why is this door locked and none of the other doors are locked? Like, uh, there's a door that looks just like this. that opens one floor down from here, but here it's permanently sealed, and there's not a key for understanding that. And so a super important thing in regular Fallout games is the local map. Because you're like, okay, okay, this is where this is a loaded, This door is a loading screen that leads me down to the sub-level. Okay, this door is not. This door is permanently locked. This door is not permanently locked. Okay, I see where I am. There is no local map in Fallout 76 that I can find. So I'm in the middle of this giant power station, and I have no idea how to get out of it. And I learned I have to get out of it to do this final step. I spent genuinely 15 minutes wandering in circles looking for the door out. The only doors out I could find were locked behind level 3 hacking gates, which I couldn't even try to hack. So, like... You I, uh, the already troubling and and kind of like uh lackluster design stuff is emphasized when you're not given the tools to navigate mm. those spaces, yeah so i yeah, that's my opening thoughts on it anyway I am. If this probably ends up being what
0: I think it is, which is not for me, I do think it's a potentially interesting milestone along the way to Bethesda shaking up how they make these games, though. Totally. Because I can imagine a world where, what's the next one, Starfield? Is that what it's? Starlink? Starfield. That's the Ubisoft game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) where, Where it's not what you said before about a Fallout game, or let's just say a Bethesda open world style game, in which you just draft on co-op, right? Because that's probably not what they would end up doing, but is there somewhere where it's like in between this, where it is like a the, it, I get what I want or what a lot of us on like we want, like a big meaty story-driven single player RPG with lots of interesting characters and locales and and, and world building, um, but also not getting away from – somehow maybe getting away from, like, you the hero and there is no one else in this world that has – takes actions other than yourself. Some way where they can, like, meld in some public –
1: like – so, so that sort of you don't end up being the leader of the thieves guild, the fighters guild, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. right. So the world isn't just built around you yeah. in a way that can, as Natalie said earlier, like can make you feel important and good, but also in the way that Patrick's talking about, which is like it ends up being kind of repetitive and it doesn't feel like a real. You're world. just doing a
0: checklist, right? Yes. Like, whereas like yes. what what if you know there were like. It was like faction based, right? Where it's like yeah. factions have a push and pull that are based on things that are having privately in your instance game, but then have spillover effects onto the public. There are just I, I'm I'm hopeful given that part of the reason I didn't I uh, didn't respond well to Fallout Four was because it just felt like a less good version of a game I'd already played. Like I, they hit Fallout yeah. New Vegas and Fallout Three, which were like they did it, and then Fallout Four was just like another one of those yep. in a way that I, I found really j- just boring. Honestly, it was like my it, like. I say bad when I really mean boring. I think yeah. boring is bad from expectations for like a lot of things in Bethesda games, like the storytelling in particular. But I, I think there's a world where there are some important lessons taken away from 76 and some integrations that make me super potentially super excited for directions they could take this and Elder Scrolls like the next Elder Scrolls like i don't want just another skyrim, skyrim like yeah. as someone that's yeah. not super invested in the lore of Elder Scrolls but got in, played 120 hours of skyrim despite like not being into high fantasy um i'm excited by some potential Things that could come from this experiment that will ultimately make it worthwhile, even if I think a lot of people are scraping for reasons to be interested because they know theoretically this means a new proper Fallout is maybe ten years away, is eight years away, yeah. like is a long time away, and so like the prospect of like Fallout going out with a multiplayer game that is not for you or what you wanted out of Fallout is is kind of distressing and a bummer. But as someone that has found myself pulled into other parts of Bethesda games, despite not necessarily being necessarily buying into the the setting alone I'm hopeful that maybe there's a world where some of this stuff kind of starts working in tandem in a way that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'll say the the there was something about going in and turning on the radio and immediately hearing songs from the 30s and the 40s. I was like, man, I want a new one of these that I really, really like. I just want one. I just, I would. It would have been nice to have one that hits this stuff in a way that's exciting and that is developing some new ideas. And I think you're right. I think this is the right step forward for them in the sense that like, it gives them a space to build on on their court design ideas and figure out if there's new ways for interaction between players and factions and uh, maybe making building stuff more enjoyable for the rest of players, for people who aren't just like, oh, yeah, I want to build a cool basketball court. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. I, I also just have no idea what this project looks like internally for them. Is this – do they think this is the next big thing or is this something that came out of an internal jam a year and a half ago and then they dedicated resources to it because it was pretty cool? Um, it's like Epic's uh, Fortnite.
0: Right. Exactly. That's the yeah. question. Like, it could be – it could be like if this ends up being just like a mild success that we don't hear much about except like in the way that Elder Scrolls Online – Yep. Uh, and we like you get an update about Fallout Seventy Six. Like the difference is like E three next year. Is it just like an update on Fallout Seventy Six? Or is it like, holy shit, Fallout Seventy Six turned into like a phenomenon for us and it's radically reshaping how we even think about building games. Yeah. Um, those two paths are available. So I don't it's not gonna be a failure. It's just a matter of how much of a success it is and how much does that end up like influencing the rest of Bethesda's portfolio in the years to come.
1: Totally. All right. Let's take a very quick break uh, because we have to change batteries in a recording device, and then we will be back after that uh, with more, a lot more, more zombies. Mm-hmm.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: We are back, and in the time since that break started, we've done a lot of diplomacy and politicking inside of the world of subterfuge I, I cannot and believe and the real it. world and also the real world yes um, fuck <laughs> this game is gonna kill me uh, a game that won't kill me because I probably won't play it much <laughs> is Blackout uh, or sorry not, Blackout I've played a bunch of in, in Call of Duty Black Ops 3 4 4 I always say three because it's vertical lines. Yeah. And those only go up to three. But Call of Duty was like, "Nah, we can do Roman numerals different. We're just four vertical lines. Yep. Fuck off.
3: We well, can all agree you nailed the segue, though. Austin. I, <laughs> I mean, <that's> the... <laughs> swish. <laughs> Got it.
1: This <laughs> is why I'm a champion. Um, Natalie, you've been playing some zombies mode.
4: I also have to own myself for a brief
1: second. <sighs> Please.
4: Um, so the other day, this weekend, I went to go get my nails done. And I was like, oh, what color should I get? I want to do, like, a pumpkin color for Halloween. And then last night, I booted up Call of Duty.
1: Uh-huh. Oh,
4: boy. And my nails are Black Ops colors. I noticed
3: that wow. color. That's amazing.
4: They're Black believe- Ops colors. It
3: was a Freudian polish.
4: It's <laughs> fucked up. I'm, I can't look at my nails without being upset now because I just see. Because you're a
3: true gamer. But are you really it's upset okay. or are you kind of like proud I'm, that you're like No, I'm true upset gamers because zombies is up. bad.
4: <laughs> oh. Um, what if
3: you
1: make this a thing though? What if going forward you're like whenever there's a new release, I got to I got to get those red dead nails next.
4: Oh. Well, I'm into that. I like coordinating my nails to whatever a life events, so whatever yeah, your obsession yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. So
1: Well, this is when you the join black our space. next subterfuge game,
4: yeah, I'd love to What are the to. subterfuge colors? I'll just
1: pay attention to what color your nails are to figure out which of the other players you are. <gasps> That's my play. I could
4: do contrasting colors. That's
1: true. I could, could. do
4: an aesthetic
1: build. Damn, an aesthetic build. <laughs> wow. God. All right. Well, tell me about zombies. So tell, Stop owning yourself and tell me about Black Ops 4 Zombies.
2: Uh, own that instead.
4: Yeah. I don't know if I want to. Uh, Black Ops 4 Zombies is bad, y'all.
1: Oh, no. You're like a big zombies fan, I right? I am.
4: I am a big... Well, not of a lifetime love okay. of zombies, but I really got into it in the last in the last game, uh, World War II. Um, The last uh, zombies mode in World War II, I forget what it was called, but it was, um, basically it takes place in some sort of like German village, and you are, uh, the Nazis have one last trick to to fight uh, the war, and it is uh, the undead. And so they seems create. Seems like they could have
0: like, done that earlier.
4: Yeah, they well, you know, they were really waiting till the last second, and then they made zombies.
1: That's they, listen. They had to have a moral line somewhere. Exactly. And I guess it was zombies, oh, wow. which okay. is uh-huh. weird. Actually, oh, I don't think that that one adds up.
4: Yeah, you know? I don't think so either. So, um, but the the way that the map is is. Uh, Spread out. It is it is super open. You have a lot of like open areas where you can kind of like corral the zom. You can like kite them into nice little lines for you to shoot them down. You can um, moving through the map feels like super coherent and and good. And I don't know if that's how many
1: maps are there. Are They're like standouts.
4: In in well, this is World War Two. In World War Two.
1: Oh wait, so there's different.
4: Yeah, so okay. each so each zombies mode has a different map that goes with it. So this was like the main story that zombies mode that I played year, last right? last year. And I don't know if it was just how many hours I spent playing zombies that made it feel so coherent. But playing this zombies feels, first of all, the story is so fucking bad. <laughs> it is so, fu- and listen, I'm not coming to zombies for the narrative. I'm not coming to zombies for the lore. But Sounds this, like you are. I mean, Can't it be just,
0: disappointed if you didn't have expectations in the first place. Yeah.
4: True, but it is so just like it like bashes against my brain. So no Nazis. This, this
3: dishonors Dead Snow. I will not. <laughs> oh. I will not abide this. Hey, Dead
4: Snow was all right. <laughs> um, this is there. There are no Nazis. Give me the setup. You start off in this like bullpen almost and it opens up. Okay.
3: <laughs> it's the new it, meta.
4: Okay. It opens up and you're in a gladiator ring and you have to fight off like a couple waves of zombies and then the, the, the ring uh, has four branches that go off of it and then when you go off the first branch that you're supposed to, after you get enough points to, to open the door, you enter a, each branch goes to a different temple the temples are dedicated to different Egyptian gods. Wait, where's the Colosseum at? Who, who could say? Okay, the, it really makes very little to no sense. Um, so which again, like I'm not like coming to to
0: like the last. No, but like
1: this just doesn't sound like
4: this. It just it doesn't make any sense. It's it's didn't like
0: one this, of the D- the zombies DLCs go to the moon though? That sounds good.
2: Yeah, that sounds fun as fuck.
1: I don't. I much like rather
2: haunted theme park in the eighties. Haunted theme park. That was we've, one had, was cool, right?
1: we've had. We've uh, had. Uh, uh, Is there a uh, boat? I hear there's a ship that people like a lot. Like, like a Titanic. Yeah, yeah. so that's dead. in this
4: one. Oh, okay. That's in this one. Um They also there's been ones where there's like giant robots that yes. you have to go inside their feet.
0: Huh.
4: That's mm-hmm. that's what you have to do. You have to go inside their feet yeah, that, to make yeah, the ultimate weapon.
1: That adds up.
0: Ah, feet, the ultimate weapon. <laughs> what, we sure. don't have to pander all the time.
1: <laughs> no. I'm not <laughs> pandering. We're not raising money for charity right now. We so. are not.
4: Okay, so anyway. Um, the thing that I'll say that I really liked about the last Zombies is there was no, which is not typical of most of the Zombies games, is there was no um, uh, uh, maintenance like, you didn't have to run around, like, rebuilding the the windows like the or whatever, like, all the barriers. Okay. There was zero maintenance. So all you had to do was just, like, do the Easter egg. There was no sort of... Which also meant you had a lot more zombies coming around, but it made sense because you... There was, like... A, I don't know. I keep coming back to the word coherence, but there was just... There was, like, a nice flow to the way that you moved around yeah, the map. Yeah, sure. This one, in the way that it... Uh, you have to build, which I hate because I hate going back to places that I've already been. If mm. I'm, I like moving forward in like some sort of like not linear, but just like in a general flow. And I don't like having to bounce back and forth when things feel unbalanced. Uh-huh. And some people really love that. Some people love that part of zombies. They like to, you know, do the reinforcements and stuff. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't it feels a lot more um, claustrophobic than some of the past maps have felt. Like this feels, there's a lot of really small corridors mm. and the way that the map is set out is like, there's the the ring in the middle and then the four towers and then there's like bridges connecting the towers at the top and then the towers have like stuff below them. Hmm. Um, like a bunch of rooms below them. But all the rooms are pretty much like square and then there's one other ring room. And so the only room that you have a lot of room <laughs> to, like, like kite the zombies in is the other ring room. Okay. And so it just feels like you're kind of, like, it's uh, it's very vertical, and it's not as horizontal as the last ma- map. So it just doesn't feel super great.
1: Um, That's a bummer.
4: It is a bummer, because I had a lot of fun with the last one. And I don't know if it's just I don't know it yet. Like, maybe it's just that I don't... like. Know the twenty maps hours are...
1: from now, you be big. Oh, yeah, it's actually great.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I can't really see myself doing, but I'll, like they changed up the the uh, perk system, they changed up the um, uh, like abilities system. It's everything is different, and I hate it.
1: Have you messed around with like Vermintide two at all?
4: I've never played Vermintide two.
1: I'm curious because that's a game that scratches similar itches mm-hmm. in terms of like. I suspect that would be a game that gave you that feeling of forward progress a little bit it's more. It's more like
0: Left 4 Dead than it is
1: yeah, zombies, Yeah, but I think that there's, there's, a little, there's a Venn diagram there to some degree. Yeah. It's a team-based thing where you're killing a bunch of stuff and moving through a cool map and looking for stuff. Yeah. I guess it doesn't have the same, like, the zombies modes always have weird, like, puzzle mechanics, too.
4: Yeah, I love the puzzle mechanics. It's, like, my favorite part is is, you know, running around, collecting the things, <coughs> doing the... Like getting that sort of response from the world that like I am doing an action and then the world is shifting around me and right. Well,
3: Vermintide has that. It does. Yeah, you should. Like you it should doesn't get... have puzzles. Like so if, no. if the appeal is like a set like fi- like having that raid experience of like okay what do we do next? That's probably not it. But like there's a lot of Left for Dead style like bring the MacGuffin to the what's its and make some shit happen. Uh, mm. and kill some rats along the way. But, like, the, I think where it suffers in comparison is um, Call of Duty, you're still working with a game that fundamentally feels very good, very, mm. like, deliciously well-tuned. Yeah, I did
0: not like playing Vermintide
3: 2. <laughs> yeah, it's feel, it, it feels super loose. So, like, the thing I really admire about, like, zombie mode, for instance, is, like, just the way the zombies move and the way that interacts with you trying to like get a shot off with a powerful weapon feels really yeah, good and rewarding good. when you nail it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah. The zombies are faster this time. Also, they feel a lot faster.
3: I
1: can't fuck with fast zombies. Mm-mm. They're too scary.
4: They're too scary. They They've should been be training slower. that
1: gladiator. Oh, arena. that makes sense. That makes exactly. sense. They're making they gains. Finally. There's an echo of me coming from somewhere in the world. I don't, okay, there, it's That's gone now. second Austin. Second Austin. It
2: was zombie Austin.
1: All along. Rob, you've also been playing something. Rob and Patrick, you've both been playing some some something with, maybe not with zombies, but certainly with some supernatural elements. Is that right? Yeah. Call of uh, Cthulhu. That's the one yeah, I'm talking Call
0: about. Yeah, Call of Cthulhu. Oh, there's two Cthulhus coming out, right? But
1: this is the first one. Isn't there a second Cthulhu Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu 2, Electric Boogaloo, Oh, out this fall.
3: <laughs> the Sinking City. Yes. Right. The sunken City. Which one is I, Frogwares? Sinking City. This one is not Frogwares. This, this is Cyanide. This, Cyanide. this Cyanide.
1: is
3: Cyanide. What did a they make? Sim- uh, they have made a lot of games that aren't very good. Uh, Cyanide. Like, Cyanide are one of those studios. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure what the are. Oh, they they're,
1: the, they're the people who made, like, of Orcs and Men and Sticks, Master of oh. Shadows. And I they heard do Sticks like, is all right.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. People totally. like Sticks.
1: People like sticks. People like sticks, hey. Okay. I mean, sti- like st- They're
0: useful, multi-purpose. A lot. Uh, you do a
1: lot with a the stick. They <laughs> also. Rob, <laughs> I thought
0: this. I thought this was the other game, though, when I loaded it up.
1: <laughs> oh, did you? You thought this was like the open world, goofy? <sighs> well, I, just or... heard, I had heard
0: so many good things about like the Sherlock Holmes games, which I've not played, but I've right. heard that they're like legitimately interesting and fun. And uh, this feels like those. Yeah, interesting. it's interesting.
1: Okay, what's that mean? You, you, okay, we should be clear you're allowed to talk about like the first three hours the of the game. The first three hours, yeah. Talk, yeah, I, I are... tell me what that is. Tell me what happens.
0: Well, I, Rob, I liked your line of uh, that it runs, it, uh, it walks a fine line between what, uh, interesting and inept. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like that's, uh, no, okay,
1: no No further elaboration on that. No, I mean,
0: <laughs> what that's is like, it's a game that, uh, like, in, the, in one moment, uh, you're like what is i don't understand what this game is doing and another one we're like oh that's okay all right like there's enough there that i'm going to see this thing through like i want to see where this game goes i want to see what what it does like the setup is that like you're a, a, a down and out detective uh who uh works for a con like a like a he's a contractor under like a larger detective company um he Uh, is not doing well. Like, one of the first choices you have in the game is, like, to drink or not drink. Um, This takes place during, like, the Prohibition era. Prohibition, I think, is just passed, I believe, in um, this era. Um, So that, like, kind of colors, like, some of the characters and environments you come across is, like, how the different areas are dealing with the notion of Prohibition. Um, And then he gets a phone call that uh, says, like, hey, you need to be taking more cases. There's a lot of shit going down like take more cases, and then someone comes in with this weird painting uh, in which they want you to investigate uh, the true nature of uh, how this woman uh, was killed, and the painting has, you know, looks Cthulhu-esque, for, you know, for huh. lack of a more specific sort of term. It's kind of weird and warped and, and creepy, and then, of course, he takes the case, and then you go off to a uh, an island off the uh, dark water off the coast of, of Boston that is like a failed uh, or uh, once thriving whale town that did all sorts of hunting, whaling the whale town. New Bedford. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, right. and, and the the whales have dried up, and the people the, ta- the, the 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 island's not doing well, and you're there to try and figure out what kind of what kind of fucking weird uh, ethereal weirdness is is happening. Mm.
3: I just had to clarify it was not in fact a whale town though, where it's like, you know, <laughs> hey, Mister Orca, like so he takes <laughs> off a little like, derby or something. Oh, anyway, Lord. Uh, okay. that'd be great. The word I used, I just remembered it wasn't interesting and inept. It's endearing. Because I don't think it's – like, when it succeeds, I don't think it succeeds on the level of, like, holy shit, what was that? I am surprised. And it's more like it's nice in its familiarity. It's like, oh, yeah, you – look at that cthulhu nonsense. You you really got that. (laughs) Like, that sure does – that sure does look ancient and weird. Way to go. It's got a tentacle. Yeah. All right. It's not really effective and I'm not sure I'm not sure this whole horror aesthetic can really be that effective at this point because it's so it's way too laid out. Yeah. yeah. But there is still something kind of like cool when you look down the dock for instance and you see a bunch of these like <laughs> the the models the, the the models like are detailed but also like kind of crude and look a little rough. So mm-hmm. you like you look down this like eerie wharf and you see these characters all mired in the uncanny valley. But somehow that makes the tableau before you of them, like, looking at this, like, whale that just washed up, completely mauled on the shore, warning a cop, like, we don't want to fuck with this. Like, <laughs> this. like stop messing around with this thing. This is clearly a bad omen. When you see that from a distance through the fog and the haze, you're like, this is kind of the vibe I signed up for. And it's not scary or surprising. It's just kind of cool to see it, like, land for a minute. But then a second later, you hear these guys talking, and you're like, oh, yeah, this, this isn't, this is not the varsity uh, effort that we're seeing in a lot of ways. Like, the dialogue just loops endlessly, uh, so the characters want you to have their exchange and then stop talking. They'll just repeat it. So that moment where it's, like, kind of cool and eerie as the fishermen are, like, yelling at the cop, that moment gets squandered because they start repeating themselves, like... Hey, you shyster! Stop messing with that whale, which is wow. uh, not yeah, as we all nice. know how Bostonian
1: sound. Rob might have done some VO for this game, honestly. The accents, oh, I love it. You should need to disclose that though. Shoysters.
5: Actually,
1: <laughs> what is that a thing? Is that a thing people no. saying?
2: No,
1: No, people say shysty, but that's that's more. I could imagine someone in, a, in like a southy accent calling something shysty.
2: That's shysty, Jay. Yeah, I never I heard. I don't know, Jay.
3: No, more of a New York I, thing. I don't know. I don't know that, like, I've ever heard shyster used this way. Uh, just as, like, a common everyday, like, somebody's being an asshole is a shyster. Like, that's not, like, is in my, like, I'm not sure that's how that insult was even used in the time. But the other thing is this. The accent's all over the maps. So there's, like, places where people are, like, straining to accomplish some kind of... Uh, American accent. It's very like Agent Nam and Jaden uh, type stuff, right. but then somebody clearly was like, "This is how people from Boston talk," and so whenever one of these characters approaches an I and an R sound, uh, they just make a meal out of it. So like, there's this weird forced American like nasal accent, and then it'll be like course we're here in boston Haba. yikes and i'm like it's, man
0: this is part of the endearing part though yes. right? okay. because okay like in some in some ways uh like the cheesiness is like part of the appeal like it feels like i'm playing in some ways like a b movie like i know what i'm in for like right. like when 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 uh the, the voice act you know like the the voice acting is mediocre when the, the moment they start talking, they should just maybe have the models not talk because it would be more convincing if they didn't move their mouths than in the, the way that they do move their mouths in this game. Um, but, like, I know what I meant for, like, the game, like, in the first five minutes, you're like, oh, I know what this game uh-huh. is. And as long as you're okay with that, like, it's – I think it is it is hitting the buttons that I need it to hit. It's weird, though. Like, for <laughs> – Rob, like, the systems in this game um, – like, the game opens with you uh, ostensibly having a character creation sheet in which you're like, here's, like, eight points you can dump into things. But it's... This isn't, like, a, an action game. There is no combat. And so, like, the, the, mm. the systems that you're dumping into are, like, for example, like, uh, strength is, like, you can be aggressive during a conversation. Or okay. uh, intellect, where you can, like, outmaneuver someone uh, 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 intellectually uh, to, like, sort of solve an issue. But you do this with a bunch of points early on in the game in which you have no sense of, like, how that actually plays into the mechanics. Like, usually games will, like, have you go, like, be very specific about, like, how this is going to play out. And then even, even, let's say, like, I dumped points into intellect instead of strength. Uh, I was, like, just going to be a a smarter detective. When you are presented with conversations, you don't have a sense of the percentage. It just says, like, hey, give it a shot and, like, see what happens. And it just, like, is a pass or fail. But you don't have any sense of, like, Uh, do I have a chance at pulling this off? Should I go for something else? If I do do this and it fails, is there an actual consequence? So I've like had like four or five different exchanges where it's like you can pick one of your quote unquote strengths. And even when it seems to have failed, it does not seem to actually have had a consequence or like uh, even when it has worked, I don't, Rob, have you noticed that it's actually done anything for you in the story? Like it doesn't seem like the story has deviated meaningfully at all based on choices I have or haven't
1: made. I think I know who Austin is. I think I know who Rob is. Okay. Jesus Christ. Uh,
3: Subterfuge. So, this Cthulhu. system.
1: We're going to be unbearable for the next week. Yep. Apologies.
3: <laughs> so, th- oh, this. is does... sick. I can't be on the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the system is definitely weird. I'm not sure. I might actually kind of like it, though. Is the thing I like that for instance, like it explains itself badly, but I think it is actually kind of clever in that your detective is going to be good at some detective like type tasks, but not good at others, and somehow the game is going to let you achieve largely the same ends. But uh, like a thing you can do, well, actually, I'm very curious about this. You can, for instance, improve your spot check ability, mm. and you'll just see more. In the investigation, like scenes. the
0: gl- the glowy, yeah, like the like the glowy objects that you can like
1: interact with, like, right, Witcher like, right, right, vision. Yeah, yeah, Witcher Vision. Yeah, they yeah. showed yeah. us that during the demo at E3. They said like, when you walk into, so in the tabletop game, when you walk into a room, you would be like, oh, I want to roll to see something, and so you roll the dice to see it, and then like to see if there's any hidden clues here, right? Spot hidden or something. And you would roll it, and you, if you succeeded, your your DM would be like, ah, yes, you find the scrap of paper with the name, you know, Harcraft Hor- on it. And you know, of course, the Harcraft the, the family, in, you know, invented blah, 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 or has ties to such and such an evil cult. And in the demo that they gave us, they were like, all right, so you have that skill. So when you walk in a room, we roll that die to see if you see anything. And if you don't see anything... It just doesn't show up and you cannot find it in that room and if there's a success, it highlights and you can go see it. And that was so weird to hear from me, the idea of like it's not enough to have the skill to see the thing. In the, in the, you could be dumping points into it and still get an invisible bad role that you never know you got that bad role and not get this piece of evidence. And presumably you can always move forward no matter what. but. Right. It, does that feel any sort of way in the game?
0: <laughs> not yet, but it's cl- like it clearly is like pumping into systems that will cl- have some consequence later. That gotcha. like there's also like a you know a sanity uh, sort not of meter but like okay. there is you know some some semblance of like that will have their uh, an impact later. There are there's only been one choice, which is the to drink or not drink choice, which says like your destiny has been affected. Presumably that will, like I slammed the way- that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see <laughs> yeah. how I podcast. <laughs> I do. I do see. Presume, like, hopefully, like, the game will start fe- – like, it's only three hours. I don't know how long this game is. Probably 12 would be, like, my, like, you know, my guess. Like, hopefully around halfway you start seeing these, like, clues that you do get or, more importantly, clues that you don't get informing the story that plays right. out your ability to solve certain crimes. I'm uh, skeptical on its – like, it's set up a bunch of systems and I'm skeptical on its ability to pay – them off, um, but they're interesting enough that I want to see it either succeed or fail, or possibly the way that it fails is still interesting in its attempt, which is part of why three hours in I'm still like totally hooked and want to see more. And one thing I will say is like as a horror game, it also generally avoids fail states, or the fail states okay. that it introduces are so milk toast that it doesn't really matter. I, you know, I don't know if that will change as the game goes forward, but like I've made it to a point in the game where like the first three hours uh, there are no failed states like you are just exploring it is still creepy there's like a sequence where you have to run but like you can't fail it you just go forward and like it is actually refreshing to play a horror game that is just largely about like just explore and like enjoy the space and investigate and it's not just not an especially scary game it's not yeah. an especially creepy game i think partially is driven by the fact that it is like a uh less competently made aesthetically and also because i think it's purposely going for a world where you are just not meant to be like always looking, you're looking over your shoulder, but not in a way that's like, well, if you don't look over your shoulder, like something's going to come get you and you're going to game over state. You have to start over again. Like the one sequence I've been to where you are, you do have things kind of stalking the area that maybe this is just like the less competently made game feeding into this, but the AI is not very smart in a way that's fine. Like it just, I can just kind of walk around them or if they spot me, I just literally go behind a bookcase and they just move on. Huh? Did one of them almost spot you? Yeah, I got I got to a red state, which is like they've spotted and they're looking for you. Literally all I did was like go behind a box and like they went away. Which is fine. Like I actually like that the game and this isn't a difficulty slider as far as I remember. It no. just is what the game is. Like I enjoy that. It like I love horror, but I also like the fact that this is a game saying like, "Eh, like that that's not part of our experience. It's more about you being in the world and just enjoy that part."
3: Yeah, I um I don't like I enjoy the the atmosphere of things like this. I think what I'm playing a game like this for is I'm exploring an old gothic mansion and <sighs> there's like a thunderstorm out the windows and the room keeps like throwing up weird creepy shadows and you know that's about all I need from this game. It does and I, and I do I'm with, I'm with you on the lack of fail states. Like it doesn't have that Outlast thing of You're trying to soak up a vibe, but there's always some fucker just trying to, like, come and shank you, like, at every single moment. And eventually it's not scary. It's annoying. You're just like, can you chill for a second and let me, like, soak in the creepiness? This game is all soaking in the creepiness. And it's about the idea of the danger more than the danger itself. I don't know if that's going to change. But the vibe I get from what I've seen of the sequence that follows that prologue is that this seems like a game that's going to throw up, like... It's gonna keep checking up those boxes, checking off those boxes, right? Like, do you like this horror conceit? We got them, and <laughs> I'm here for that. And
1: also, just to be clear, unlike in much of Lovecraft's actual work, the horror isn't miscegenation; it isn't the races mixing, or right. They've, they've like done the job of um, not.
0: I mean, it's so early. Far. It to, okay. I I, you would <laughs> you would hope, but uh, it's still like the spot that both Rob and I enter, are like early enough that you're. The Lovecraftian stuff is still more on the fringes than it is at the forefront. Gotcha. It seems like that's all about to change. Um I, I doubt it seems like, you know, almost any developer would be smart enough to I, yeah, uh-huh. lean into the aesthetic uh and more otherworldly stuff than
3: yes, the uh, much grosser parts. Oh. Uh it's but. so good that This game is so unsubtle. There's like you get this painting uh, from this woman who like perished with a family in this mysterious fire, and her father is like I feel like this poem this this painting uh is trying to communicate something. I feel like she sent this to me for a reason. It's literally a painting of her and her like son trying to ward off a fucking demon. Like oh, that's geez. literally it. She sent him concept art of the game. And he's that's like amazing. You feel
1: like this is maybe means something? Oh my goodness. I love that. That's fantastic god uh, i'm really curious about it i again i have like i have issues with lovecraft's work i also have a history of playing the tabletop rpg with people who also have issue with lovecraft's work and know how to tell cosmic horror stories that are not uh fraught in that way and so i'm i hope it turns out to be better than than bad because uh, it's one of those things that i can spend uh, like it'd be a good weekend game to play through like a friday saturday sunday and, and, and play through something like that um uh Danielle, speaking of horror games yes. and first person games or are you First person
2: is primarily okay. in haunted cities.
1: Ooh. Tell me is this one sinking? Yes or no? How many whales are there?
2: Uh I have not encountered any whales yet. Okay. Uh but whaling in is in itself one of the most horrifying
1: Yeah, it's rough things. I've read Moby Dick. Yeah. Don't do it. <sighs> Don't do it, and also poor whales. Yeah. I played Dishonored. Whales are nice. Those are the two. They're those smart. are my two touchstones with whales.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> right Roby nice. Dick, Dishonored. The two, the two whales.
1: The two whales. The
2: whale, the whale, and the other whale. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: that's the name of my favorite China, Mielville. Uh, <laughs> the whale the and the other, other whale. 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 Uh-huh.
2: And one of them's wearing a top hat. That's the yes. subtitle. Because yeah. of course, Mister. Mm-hmm. It was only
1: in the trans, only in the the translation, right? Though, so, right. Bonus uh,
2: material. Exactly.
1: Yeah. What have you been playing? <laughs>
2: okay, I have been playing. Haunted Cities, Volume 3. Okay. It is Kitty Horror Show's new little uh, anthology awesome. of games. It's four small games. I've played three of the four. Okay. Can
1: you set up um, who Kitty Horror Show is for yeah, people absolutely. who have not? Which is like a shame that more people have not en- encountered her work. But like, can you set it up a little bit? So
2: Kitty Horror Show is a creator. I believe she works alone. I could be wrong. She might have some collaborators. But, uh, sure. But primarily uh, makes very small, intimate, terrifying horror games. Uh, for the most part, often in first person, mm-hmm. uh, often very simple looking, but with a really, really, really strong sense of style and aesthetic. Um, so she constantly she's made games like Anatomy is probably her most famous yeah. game from a couple of years ago, I think now, uh, which was a horror game about a house and a VHS tape. And I'm not going to go too Don't go far any into it. Than that. Yeah, fascinating game. Um, And I've loved a lot of her earlier work as well. Like she has made, this is their third anthology of haunted cities at this point, obviously the volume three, Uh, but she's made a lot of just really cool, interesting places to be in and soak in the sort of atmosphere and soak in the details. Very mechanically simple uh, as well as these games in this anthology. uh, they are of a piece with that. You are largely exploring horrifying, terrifying, interesting, weird environments and you're getting those environmental details either through sound or through sort of reading notes and things like that. Sometimes there are audio portions. Uh, there are. There's one game here that is not first person. It's kind of the outlier. Uh, and it's almost a little bit more playful than some huh. of her other work. You are playing as like a tiny little druid in a weird, it's a 3D space, but it's a third person view okay. of like a little sprite of a little, it's like a little monk kind okay. of uh, walking around this wild Escher looking 3D space, it's, it's basically like stairs that go everywhere, but it's not just stairs. It's also like different branching paths. And you are just sort of lighting candles throughout mm. this world. There's other little monks that talk to you. Again, it's a little bit more playful than a lot of her work. A lot of her work is very, very, very dark, even literally dark, like hard to see dark, but right. in a really creepy and wonderful way. Uh, so I found that really interesting as a sort of huh. one-off. But the yeah. other games, I believe, I mean, the two of the other three that I've played have been both first-person games. One of which um, you are sort of exploring a sunken city, literally. Oh, perfect. Um, I think it's a sunken city. Again, a lot of the art is very abstract, uh, but it 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 goes through some very dark themes. Uh, there's a content warning for implied suicide mm. on that one, so just just so you know, there are content warnings on sort of all of the games. Like there are different sort of dark, horrific things that she's sort of working through in each one of these games. Uh, but that one really got to me. I, it was it was really really deep and dark and sort of about exploring a small town, uh, and it's sunken, and it's weird, and it's grim. Um, I am in love with her work. I really love her work. I enjoy it on that level of here is a place I want to explore and be, even if it makes me feel like my
1: skin is crawling. Do you think Anatomy is probably the best thing for people to? Pop I think it's probably the most accessible. Never... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely of her games. Although in terms of, I mean, not purely accessible. All these games are very t- tend to be very easy to play just right. in terms of like the themes and like how much do you like really personal, simple games. You know, and how much do you like? Versus
1: horror? things that are like layers and layers of mechanics. And oh I mean I I yeah. didn't bring this up because I I got distracted by subterfuge. I'm
2: I'm saying.
1: Uh but the thing that hearing them talk about Call of Cthulhu reminded me of is a game we didn't really talk about on here this year which is a game called the council Ooh. which is a telltale style adventure game uh, RIP uh, in the sense of like it's dialogue driven and there aren't puzzles in that kind of traditional well, oh there are some there are some puzzles here or there but it's not it's not like a an inventory puzzle game the way yeah. a lot of classic adventure games are that it, it, it is sort of like a you know, nods to Umberto Eco or, or at best, Dan Brown at worst, I guess, in that, like, oh, you're joining – you're going to this, like, ancient manor off the coast of England to meet up with all these move, secret movers and shakers who are part of the secret society in Europe, and it is a – like Call of Cthulhu has a skill system, and this is what – I'm contrasting the Kitty Horror Show stuff, yeah. which is, like, you are moving through a space. Yeah. You are soaking in this taking place. Taking in details. Taking in yeah. details, and that is the interaction in the play. In the council, it's doing a lot of what they're talking about with Call of Cthulhu in terms of like, all right, you have skills that open up possibilities, but also it's kind of vague and how it's shaping the future of stuff. Um, uh, but I did want to say that Rob and Patrick, you should both probably look at the council as something this year. Mm. I mean, uh, I'm curious if that how that contrasts to the way Call of Cthulhu does this, um, because there are lots of ways to tell stories and to tell branching stories and to and to create terror and to create tension and someone like Kitty Horror show does it someone like Kitty Harshow does it through just like really sharp art creation yes um, through sound especially I oh would say God, right yeah. um, and through and through a certain like placeness whereas a game like the council does it by being like oh no I'm in this debate with this character and my logic score isn't high enough <laughs> <coughs> yeah,
5: I'm going to systemic. get a negative yeah. outcome right it makes you it make deeply systemic. systemic yeah
1: yeah um, uh, it's it's one of those games like I need to revisit it I played the first part of it and have not gone back since uh, but want to because it's a weird fucking game yeah
2: it's one last sure. thing I would say about uh, Kitty this this game is free this little collection oh, awesome. is free you can download it it works on everything <laughs> everything yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and is where you can find all of her work so yeah if you want to she has a Patreon, but, like, I yeah. think these were actually released sort of monthly on her Patreon, and this yes. is, like, here's is like a collection. collection of my work. Like, awesome. go play it, everybody. Cool, cool,
1: cool. Yeah. I really like that model for creators, and we've done a lot of talking about yeah. what remaking the games industry would look like, and obviously this is not adequate for a lot of people who need a job with healthcare benefits and who need to make sure that there's, like, a strong degree of stability, but I really do love the, the model that, that is maybe even... Increasingly more prevalent in the tabletop game space than hmm. the video game space, where you support a creator to develop things on whims and like pursue different projects. Month to month, you receive whatever they're working on, and then eventually those things can develop into commercial product or into free product, out free games outside of that. Again, I don't think it's like I don't know that's the future of the world in general, right. but I do like it as a model for creators like Kitty. A type show. of artist or creator. Yeah, yeah it, totally. it does.
2: It does seem to be like. Oh, this is really awesome. It's also awesome that anybody could just play this. Yeah, and, that's amazing. You know, regardless of income. So. I'm
1: very interested to check them out because yeah. I haven't gotten into any spooky action yet this season, basically. Or
2: spooky spooky action at a distance.
0: And now
1: spooky's yes, <laughs> there it is. Is that where you're going? That's God's
0: basement. Going you just need to you know skip a walkthrough <laughs> and so go watch go. that stream.
1: Don't. You know what? Don't. It's you not don't worth it. it. Don't watch it. Call God's Call, basement. Call
0: of Cthulhu. Seems like a good bad game. God yeah. in the basement seems like a bad bad
1: bad <laughs> game. Bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh uh Return of Oberdin is a little spooky oh. and is great. And people should play Return of Oberdin. Speaking of independent creators, yeah. primarily made by Lucas Pope, who previously made Papers Please. Uh we played a little bit of it on the stream. We played like the first hour or so, f- forty-five minutes of it on the stream. Uh it is fantastic. I played probably another five or six hours since then. It's a bigger game than you might think it is. Oh, I thought
4: it was supposed to be a shorter.
1: no, it's like 15 no, it's hours like, long. yeah. Um, oh, hot,
0: without because this game is so yep. spoiler uh, sensitive, very narrative driven, how do you feel about it being able to sustain a narrative? I that need to long? play
1: through that whole game by the end of this week or else I'm gonna not finish it. Hmm. Um, I,
0: I And I also wonder if, um, in a more like specific capacity, the mechanics, do they become yes. repetitive? No. Oh, okay. No,
1: they don't become repetitive. They continue to develop, though the mechanics don't so much as your. It's like another game. Um, subterfuge? Have you heard of oh, Subterfuge? Subter- no. Oh, wait. So it's Are me- you
4: playing that right I'm now? I'm playing Subterfuge oh, right now. Oh, nice. Okay, uh, tell me about it.
1: It is... So, Subterfuge is a game that has very light mechanical layer, but there's a lot of depth in the sort of spaces in between action. You know, there, you don't necessarily need to mechanize something like alliances or diplomacy. You just have the basic framework for those things to take place in. Okay. The Return of Obra Dinn is like that, in that you have, so for people who have no idea what this is, you were playing an insurance adjuster of course. in the 19th century, I believe, uh, who is sent out to this ship called the Obra Dinn. And you have a cu- and your job is to figure out what the fuck happened to the sixty people who are on the ship when it left port. You have a crew register that has a list of all the names of the crew uh, and passengers. You have a uh, your own eyes and ears and and feet and hands uh, in that order. Mm-hmm. And you have a magical watch. You have a oh. journal. You have a journal and you have a magical uh-huh. oh, watch. right, yeah, mm-hmm. like pocket watch that lets you teleport back in time to the moment that someone died. You find a corpse. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, And it lets you go back and see what the fuck happened. It pauses. It's kind of a freeze frame, like a... uh, Did you play Arkham Arkham Origins at all? I think that was the first of the Batman games that did this. Um, Or if you've seen, like... It's like something out of, like, a sci-fi story, like Minority Report or something, where it's like, oh, you can walk around a physical space. Like Tacoma. Like Tacoma does this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tacoma does this. Tacoma is... There's a movie that plays, yeah. right? Like you're seeing people. This is just a snapshot. This is just a person holding a gun and pointing at someone and a bullet is coming out and hitting another yeah. person. It's like the first one. The first one is like, "Oh, oh, I'm getting shot. Oh, exactly. Thanks, exactly. Rob. Yeah, thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, and so you go, okay, who is in this scene? And the goal for each of these things is like it, it puts a little chapter in your, in your diary, in your book basically that says, all right, this is chapter six. You're going to have all the chapter titles already. Uh, and then you go into each one and it's like, okay, this is the moment where someone died. And it asks you, who is this person? How did they die? And in some cases, it's pretty easy because it's like, okay, this person, the the dialogue that that plays when you come into the sequence is like, Ah, oh, I can't believe I'm shooting you. I, Mr. Smith, is shooting you, Brian, my dear friend. <laughs> and that's like the very, very beginning of it, right? right? That's how and Victorians killed each other. That's it what is. they did. They were very, they were very- aware. I do
4: declare, I do,
1: right, exactly.
4: Mr. Smith, Boom. I am yeah. killing and,
1: you. And so you go, and ah, Mr. Smith shot him, shot Brian. Or at that point, you're like, oh, Brian, who? Okay, I'm gonna go through the list of the crew. Or you see Mr. Smith, who is that? And Like, oh, okay, this person is named Mr. Smith. But very quickly, that develops into things that, that maybe reach a little further to where you're like, you know- uh, Arlene I I promised you after I killed Brian with my own hands that or I killed your brother with with by my own hands that I would you know I did it for a good cause or whatever. That's like the dialogue that you hear. Um and so you like, well who the fuck is is I, Arlene's sister or my brother therapist. and then you go in and you figure it out. You look at the last mm-hmm. name and you figure it out. Thank you Natalie. It's
2: almost
4: a her story is Arlene. Is it? Shout out
2: to
1: Shout Arlene. Shout out to Arlene. Oh,
2: Arlene. <laughs> What's up? Is it is it almost a tiny tiny bit of her story or something? Yeah, 100% like that? in that it's Little, right, and then, get a little so, detail each time.
1: And, bit yeah. by bit, all of that sort of very direct stuff completely falls away, okay. and okay. is replaced with deeply naturalistic dialogue around mutinies and poker games and something happening with this this Formosan diplomat who's on board, and uh, there's also just like narrative stuff I don't want to get into because it's it's a game that um, I was on a, I was on a Discord call with a friend while I was playing it, like we had something else on in the background we were watching, and then also I was playing this. And every 15 minutes, I was like, holy shit! Because I could go into a new sequence and be shocked by something I saw immediately. Like, what the fuck is happening on this boat? Um, It is fantastic. Bit by bit, really and it ends up being a thing where yeah. you're like looking at the map of the ship to figure out. Okay, well, this is the first mate's quarters. Does that mean that this is the first mate? Okay, I'm gonna write down on my notebook that this is, might be the first mate. Or I'll say this is an officer probably. They're wearing a nice hat. Probably an officer. Probably not a, a a midshipman. Or then it's like, okay, I'm in the rigging. Okay, if I'm up in the rigging looking around, I bet all of these people. Oh, I bet all of these people are are are, are you know in the the top shipman like, section of the crew. And I get okay. The beginning, one of them had a had a Russian accent. Which one of these guys? looks Russian to me all right I, for now I'll write down this is Dimitri okay I don't know that it's Dimitri but it might be and the, the game has a simple mechanic that makes me feel like a genius every time it happens which is when you get three people right when you you know you say okay Brian was killed by the captain by choking and this is none of this is real I'm gonna right. say it right now Arlene died from an illness and and Jim got thrown overboard or whatever and um, it goes, and Jim sucked. Jim, Jim sucked. But don't worry, it says Jim sucked. Um, when you get three right, the whole game pauses. And, and There's a music cue, and it goes like, ba-doom. Like, three three killings or three deaths validated. Three pieces of Miyamoto's
0: rule of threes.
1: 100%. Yep. And the little box that you go in normally, the like menu box that you go in and you go like, okay, I think Jim got thrown overboard it goes from being a menu box you can interact with into being text written in the book oh. that like firmly says you fucking got it right. Jim got thrown overboard, and you feel like a genius. That's right. What if you fuck Rob? it up? It doesn't tell you shit, okay. uh, and it doesn't. It does a, it but does a couple to of things. What's prevent you
3: from just being like setting different combos? There in are endlessly. sixty
1: people, and there are three yeah. long pages of different things, um, and.
3: So that'd be just an excruciating way to try to brute force. It would be
1: it. It excruciating... Would um, and the ways – you'd be denying yourself the joy of figuring out alternative ways to figure – there was a sequence, and I'm not going to say what the thing was that I figured out, but there was a sequence that was happening where I was like, oh, man, how the fuck am I supposed to figure out any of people A, B, C, or D in this? I have no idea. What is this scene for? I, I can't figure out anything here. And then I realized some other thing was happening off on the side because you, you you don't have the full ship to explore all the time. You have little sections of the ship in that are kind of tied to the memory of this person's death. Mm. So, like, for instance, if someone died – outside of the room I'm in right now, unfortunately, I'd be like, oh no, that's sad. We might be in that scene having this podcast, right? Mm. right? And so you could imagine if you have a crew dial, if you have a, a list of all the people in this building right now and th- you know four of them have the podcaster tag on them, they say, oh yeah, these are the podcasting team. You, the player, could come into this room and be like, oh shit, all three of those people are podcasting. I can figure out who they are based on the fact that they're podcasting and mark that. Um, and there's a sequence of that, that happens in a way that gave gave me direct, perfect information about who three or four people were. That it made me shout out loud. I was like, "Yes, oh. I know exactly who the fuck you are, Jim." Oh. Uh, it felt great. Until um, oh, so Jim, yeah, you know, it, until he got thrown overboard. In which case, but fuck him. Um, it also does a good job of making sure that you. Uh, uh, making sure that you know when you could theoretically to do to do something and when you could not. Mm-hmm. Faces are blurry in your documents until the game knows you have enough information to make that deduction. Um,
2: That's cool, as hell. which is really cool, yeah.
1: and it's helped me like not get obsessed over stuff.
4: It's interesting that like based on the art style, like how much you can't like. Yes, which how we didn't even inform- talk about. Yeah, the because the art style. I mean, if we did a like you said a brief stream of it there you wouldn't think that you can actually deduce a lot of information from it because it is so you want to talk about that a little bit more
1: yeah so like it looks it's a three it's a first person game you explore a ship uh it is all monochrome in a sort of there's a word i'm looking for that's that i can't it's like find like blue and green right well it's it's, like a... there's a bunch of different wow, color options
3: yeah there's like i'm looking at the screenshots it like strikes an interesting balance between like Early, like black and white, comp- like monochromatic video game yes. art, and the sketches you'd find in like 19th century serials. It, like, yes. mm-hmm. it that's exactly it. straddles right. that fence perfectly. It's really oh, cool. Yeah. Easy. What is
1: that printing style where everything's little dots?
3: Etching. Oh, uh, pointillism? Um, pointillism. Yeah, I guess oh, Something yeah. like,
1: like but, but you know what I mean. That style of like professional newspaper pointillism. The sorts of like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I,
3: I used to know this, but it's been ages since like I a the Wall Street Journal headshots.
1: Okay. <laughs> Do you have etchings? No, no. Oh. he says he's waving me off. He's of taking a drink and does. waving me off. Of course it's he does. Rob Zackney Rob Zackney has etchings. You know um uh, yeah, it, it sort of looks like a, a, you know, a, a Macintosh, you know, two like it doesn't look like a game like that. I want to be clear though, like it doesn't look like a game that came out in nineteen eighty eight or nineteen, you know, eighty three because games were not big three D explorable spaces like this. But it well, has it's a game
0: it's a game taking the aesthetic but then putting yeah. it under the trappings of like twenty eighteen and I saw some.
1: I saw some some great pushback from someone on Twitter, and I cannot remember who it was. I'm sorry, it's been a busy week. I can't recall who pushed this back, but was saying like, I don't really get why this trapping has been attached to this game, because it isn't for them. They're like, this doesn't remind me of the games I played on these on these old computers. This isn't doing something that was done on those old computers, so I don't see why the connection is being made here. Um, and. And and at that point, is it just a cool aesthetic for the sake of a cool aesthetic? That's kind of fetishizing this like the past in some way. And I think I'm getting to where I can make a counter argument around the way we think about history and the way we think about the past and the way we think about the way in which memory is rendered to us. But I'm not quite there yet, and I want to keep playing the game when you to finish. see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm super curious to see if they ever pivot and like if if it ever renders. The game world differently, yeah. which could be really cool. Um, hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I'm really enjoying it so far, but I have to finish this week, otherwise it will not get finished because I will forget key details. Like I have mm. in the back of my head. <sighs> like you just need to dedicate yourself a week and be like, I'm going to play I through f-
0: it. I, but I feel like this is going to be the game that, like, yeah, a whole bunch of people that I know are going to be like, yeah, I meant to get around to yep. it. I'll play it during my Christmas
1: break. Yep, totally, totally. It's a little too long in in the sense of like. If it was Gone Home length, or if it was right. Tacoma length, right. you could be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna sit down and just knock it out. I'm have a long night of a gaming. I'm gonna do a, a true gamer session, mm-hmm. and I'll be done." But it's too long for that. Yeah. So. This
0: is a full week or a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. And also, it seems like it's not, you know, it's not like a, a twitchy action mechanic based thing where you can like, you can mentally burn out on playing right. it. Probably where it's just like I'm just not making progress because I'm just banging my head against something. Yep um where you get you actually have to give
1: yourself breaks in between. Yeah. You can walk yeah. through it. Like you can always make progress in the narrative space because you can always just go to a new sequence scene. to see right. what's happening and you can get the big picture of what's happening that way, which is by itself pretty interesting, but I definitely have a lot of feelings of like I don't want to advance yet. I know I could get more out of this this scene in terms of being
3: a detective. Mm. Rob, right. did you have uh, something to add here? No, it's just uh... This looks to me like so exactly my kind of game, particularly in the, I am of the mind, I am not tired of reassembling, like, scenes from audio logs and found text. Like, for me, I have a bottomless appetite for that. Like, people who are like, I hate that this is, like, how immersive sims tell their stories. I'm like, give me more. Just give me more <laughs> mm-hmm. of yep. those, like, strange, eerie tableaus and, like, backstory revealed through, like, found documents and give me more of that. And this seems like it is going to sate that appetite. Mm-hmm. 100%. Speaking of sating your appetites,
1: Rob, I hear that you're building cities again.
3: Can you talk about, you about that or throw we... no commercial.
1: <laughs> we'll be right back. Here's Rob to talk about contacts, which he eats to <laughs> sate his appetites. Uh, no, we already did. Or we already did our ad yeah. break today. Who knows if there was an advertisement in there? Could have been. Uh, can you talk about City Skylines Industries yet?
3: Yeah, uh, embargo passed, so we're good. Okay. Um, so this is me getting back into City Skylines uh, after a pretty long hiatus. This is the city builder from Colossal Order and Paradox. And this was uh, very savvily marketed a few years ago as, like, this is what the new SimCity should have been. Right. And Colossal Order, uh, for a little bit of backstory on them, made transit simulators uh, prior to this. So their earlier games were called Cities in Motion. And predominantly, they were about really tuning and micromanaging, not a city, but, like, bus schedules and routes and tram schedules uh, within a city. And, like, how many cars are going to be on the subway that's running at this time versus how many at, at midnight? That's kind of where their interests lie. They they This is their city builder, and it's, it's very good, uh, and it is very SimCity-like. But where they've tended to put the most emphasis is about optimiz- optimizing the flow of life within that city. These are not games with, like, hard fail states very often. Uh, once you get your city sort of up and running, uh, it, it does tend to look after itself quite a bit. But they do promote endless tinkering mm-hmm. to sort of further optimize just traffic routes and how, how happy are people, what's quality of life like in this in, in your city. Damn, uh, can
4: we give this game to uh, Cuomo to yeah, right? get yeah. his hands on? Yeah. Just. You know, MTA could use a little optimizing. Yeah. Yeah, it's for
3: sure. Well it, it posits a world where you have budget and political oh, and okay. endless political will. Okay. Um, That's uh, perfect. Good. <laughs> yeah, you like <laughs> you. Oh, you, are, you are the god king of uh of, I will your remake the
1: city in my image. There the tunnels will work. Yes. The trains will run.
2: Yes. There the flooding will, will stop. Yep. Yes. The rats will are cease. There,
1: is there flooding? Are there rats?
2: Anytime it rains. You no, 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 no! I'm
1: like- saying <laughs> sorry. I meant in the game. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I know I there was, was flooding. I was having
2: flashbacks. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: you having real, real you life flood. flooding? Legitimate you flood
2: flooding, flashback problems. problems. Okay. Are there plagues?
3: Um, you can. can I make Bowser step disposal. on my city? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, dangerous? there's no, there's no f- like fetish-like natural disasters you can okay. like introduce into the like
2: Bowsette with her heel.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, and just tells you what a bad mayor you've been. No. Um, so, <laughs> so this game has had two like really significant expansions, and I sort of missed them both. The most recent one is called Industries, and its focus is about adding like a business and resource layer uh, to the city builder. Previously, very SimCity style, the way city skylines handled this is that you'd have your city layout. And you'd zone certain regions for different types of buildings. And so you'd zone industry. And industrial buildings would pop in. And you had no control over that. It was just like industry was industry. And it would fill up and there'd be jobs for people and there'd be pollution all that shit. What they've tried to introduce here is this notion that in addition to your generic industry buildings, really the focus is on specialized industry. And what you have now are four like industry archetypes. It's like forestry uh, ore, farming, and some other one. I, it, it escapes me at the moment. But the idea is you take you, you can take raw materials off the map and that's your for, sort of first step in the industry. And then if you have enough of those and you've invested enough in them, you can start building like second order. Uh, facilities so like intermediate goods right you're processing raw materials and adapt adapting them into other forms that will be useful and if you do enough of that you start unlocking like higher tier buildings where you're producing like finished or consumer goods and those are tend to be the most valuable and the idea is just sort of building the sort of production scaffolding uh, to the point where you can like have an advanced industry in your city and it works sort of but not in a way that feels particularly satisfying and that Mm. and i need to put more time into it but i think the weird thing is this is a game that tends to be forgiving no matter what like even for instance like no matter how bad you fuck up traffic people still live in your city they put up with it it's like (laughs) new york like i mean really if you could be punished for bad traffic Like, huge sections of Manhattan and Brooklyn would be ghost towns by now. But people stay. People put up with it. The same thing happens in city Skylines, where uh, you don't really see the exoduses happen that can really cut you down. And that makes it fun to experiment with. With this, though, you have this notion that you want to be matching up your inputs and your outputs and, like, getting this pipeline really humming. But it feels so loose. Yeah. That... It doesn't care. Yeah. Like if you produce too much wheat, you just sell wheat. You don't need it for flour. Just (laughs) sell the wheat. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Right. If you produce too much flour and your baker can't use it all, you can sell sell the flour. Like it's all good. And it's not like, as far as I can tell, it's not like you can overproduce to the point where you like kill the pricing of a commodity and have like Mm. an economic collapse hit your city. And so, to me, this whole effort feels like it's an interesting effort to try to get at some aspect of life in a city. That, like, what's your economy? What's, what's your city specialized at? What's, what's its lifeblood? But it tries to do that through this kind of forced resource management game that doesn't quite fit the way Colossal Lord build their games. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to play a game like this, where it's very demanding about like inputs and outputs, you'd probably be playing something, you know, a little more like Factorio or right. uh, the Patrician games. Things where marginal costs and benefits are very important. If you fuck up a little bit, you enter death spirals. You God, can't break. I just
1: remembered walking in to the giant bomb office years ago and seeing Vinny playing mm-hmm. Factorio. And just, like, having built this perfect, like, machine god on the screen of just inputs and outputs and conveyor belts filled with component parts and new computer chips that are being, you know, siphoned off and shuffled to another different – It was, uh, like, I walked into something that I shouldn't – it was Lovecraftian.
3: You felt you shouldn't have seen it? I should not have seen it. I didn't know you were doing this.
1: Yeah, this is not my space. This is not particle. your space. Yeah, yeah, this is a third space. Also Vinny was naked. So
3: yeah. it was just, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, he was he was just trying to connect to the factory, however
3: he could. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, which fair. Uh, so yeah, so like industry seems like an okay expansion if you just want more stuff for, for skylines. What I'm actually getting much more into is the expansion I miss, which is Green Cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is much more about like sustainability and yeah. initiatives to pr- sort of reduce the footprint of your city, which obviously for a lot of reasons feels a lot more timely and urgent uh, th- than it has before. And I think green cities probably still relies a little too much on techno magic. Like for instance, mm-hmm. my wind turbines <laughs> eventually like ran out of like there's only so much wind that you can harness to power a city in an advanced economy. So, I just decided, well, what do I have here? Oh, a geothermal power plant, which I can just put anywhere. Anywhere. And, like, we harvest energy from the Earth's mantle, or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think that's how this is... work. Like, I don't think that's how geothermal power plants work. I don't think that's, like, you can just throw one down in a parking lot and be like, yo, bottomless kilowatts. Um, (laughs) God. And that's... Like, the game relies on that in a few places, But I do kind of enjoy the way that this is very much a game about if you want sustainability, if you don't want like massive pollution problems, uh, you are going to have to trade off quite a bit. It requires a lot more uh, careful planning to avoid sort of the big plays. Like a a coal power plant is cheap as hell and produces a lot of energy. And that is an easy fix. For when your economy scales past your energy, energy production. To replace that thing. You have to be pretty clever about what you're putting down. What initiatives you start in the city. What kind of rules you lay down for power consumption. Uh, and so that part I do like. I'm much more interested in that aspect of it. Of trying to tune a city that can run on green but less productive uh, energy sources. That's kind of the cool part. And obviously a part of that is also creating a decent transit network, which is what this game kind of really excels at.
1: Right. That's, isn't that the history with the developer anyway? They've, yeah. They, they started with like that sort of Yeah, transport. the Cities in Motion stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Is that the same developer or is it actually a different developer? Yeah, no, that's how I, that's how I love this off, Austin. Stop playing something. Okay, Submit okay. First. Gotcha, gotcha. I, my phone is not in my hand. <laughs> at all.
2: It's down. I see it down. It's down. It is down.
1: I'm always playing in my mind. This is. is subterfuge right now. This is subterfuge yeah. right now. This is subterfuge, and also looking at the news and being terrified. No. Yeah, that's, that's right. what this is. It's not great out there right now. Nope. Um, anything else this week? Any other games that we play? We have been going really hard. We've been playing a lot of games.
4: Um, I've been. I just started Unexplored. Oh,
1: sick! You're playing on Switch. On Switch. Okay. Um, which I've heard is not the best platform for it.
4: It's. I played I'm getting, a little
1: bit, but not enough to talk to it.
4: I'm getting more used to the controller. Uh, gameplay. I I'm having a harder time. Just I have not been able to get past the fourth floor.
5: Okay.
4: Um, and also I went back and I rewatched the um the stream that we did yeah. like however long a ago. ago. Yeah, it was a while. Ago. Um, super long ago. Uh, of unexplored, and it just you were doing like the daily challenges or you did the daily so challenge daily? for yeah. this and there are no daily challenges from what it can seem on the yeah. switch which may be like a It's still PC just like versus... a random
1: seed, right? Like the the way the so dailies So
4: I did not understand what the fuck seeds were. Yeah. And so I've been playing on the first seed every single time.
1: Oh, interesting. And
4: then so I've like gotten to know the dungeon that and I like know it yeah, very, wow, very well so I've just like gone through and tried to... and then I was like what does randomizing do and I randomized it and I was like where the fuck am that's I that's amazing Um, and so I was like put back in one seed <laughs> and I've huh. been trying to figure it out
1: that's a good way of learning actually if you commit Like, because that way you know enough of, like, okay, there's going to be a bunch of fucking rats in this room or whatever. Yeah, I know. I
4: know, like, this room is pointless. Like, don't go in this room. Go And, like, that's been really gratifying for me because I feel like I'm learning, like, how the systems are interacting more than I am when I just, like, drop into a new place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I still haven't figured out, because, unfortunately, the first seed that I started on, I, like, randomly was, like, more puzzles. And so, but I don't really know what, what that the means. puzzles yeah. are. I think
1: it's a lot of, like, bring this goblin vase to this pedestal and put it on there. Yeah. Grab the diamond key.
4: Yeah, yeah. I And also, I feel like, just generally weak all the time. Yeah. Like I feel super underpowered for like everything that's yeah, around me. Like,
1: especially compared to something like Dead Cells, which is also has roguelike elements where you're yeah. not where in Dead Cells you're blowing through every encounter yeah. until you die. Yeah. Like until the moment something goes so wrong that you are a dead person. Yeah. You're like, I'm beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah. In this the, you could fight, fight one orc is, and it'd be like, "Yo, I can't fuck with yeah,
4: this." Yeah, every fight is a fight till the death. Yeah, like, it's great. Even it. just a horde of rats. Yeah. it's it's really fun. I'm having spiders
1: a of, will fuck you up. Yeah, spiders every, fuck everything up. will fuck you up. Yeah, um, at least until you really get the controls down. Right again, I've only played a little bit on the Switch and it it works. I was just like so used to mouse and keyboard that it was difficult to make that yeah. switch.
5: Yeah.
1: Uh, for people who don't know, Unexplored is a top-down, like roguelike action like where you're you're kind of exploring and getting magical potions and gear and fighting stuff and mm-hmm. we've talked about it before so I, I would say like do a search to see uh, maybe when i wrote about it or, or when i played through it watch yeah i stream. think
4: jack de also yes. wrote for waypoint he about, did. yeah yeah, yeah they,
1: um, nice. so
4: there's a lot of waypoint content on unexplored there is there you go.
1: it's a good game uh, I touched Soul Calibur 6 a little bit. I don't have a lot to say. The story modes are weird. We have a review up on the site from Eric Van Allen. Yes, should give that a read. It's a good review. Uh, it's a good review. It is. Um, and we streamed. You should dig up the part of the stream where we made gritty. That's really that all I have beautiful. to say.
2: I was very inspired by your I've, gritty. Thank you. Making. Have you continued with gritty?
1: I've not continued much with gritty. I because that's not who I'm playing as in the story mode, and so why not? I don't know if I can. Why not import take gritty gritty in? TV I already have at the end going. of the story mode. Gritty deserves Gritty to never
0: left. Gritty's always been in.
1: Exactly. I don't the Gritty story is eternal. There isn't a distinct story mode. Gritty is forever. Gritty is now. Gritty is forever. Yes. Okay. Call of Gritty. Oh
3: yeah, my god. That's Gritty awful. is what became of Samson.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Accurate. I think that's it. I think we made it through the game gauntlet. Welcome to the game gauntlet everybody. I'm your host Austin Walker and today in the gauntlet we have
2: Game Gauntlet.
1: The Game Gauntlet. I we went in different directions. I don't know why. I went soft-spoken game gauntlet, and you went the right way, Danielle, <laughs> which is definitely like dude, bro. Yeah. Game gauntlet.
2: Game gauntlet.
1: We have all the infinity gems in our game gauntlet. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> there you yeah, totally. go. Those are my
2: barks right there. I say do game gauntlet think, and get ready.
1: Do you think gritty is just a contraction of the phrase get ready? No, yeah. because gritty's always ready. <sighs> gritty. That was a strong
2: no.
3: Yeah, it works. Yeah, because I knew something terrible was coming. That's fair. Also,
2: are you getting ready? Are you getting ready? Are you getting like, ready? you gritting it? You
1: gritting? Yeah.
2: Say it fast enough it.
1: Uh, it totally works. Yeah. I don't think we're going to go to the question bucket, because I think I'm dying of burnout <laughs> and <Yeah>. exhaustion and <laughs> subterfuge. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. Any final thoughts on this week?
2: Be good to your fellow humans. Dobby the house elf, Harry Potter.
1: One more time. Dobby the house elf. Harry Potter. Yeah, that's they sound.
2: Dobby the house elf. Dobby. Harry Potter.
1: Those all say Dobby, Patrick. Dobby. Dobby the house elf.
3: Harry Potter.
1: What? Potter. Dobby the house elf.
5: Harry Potter.
1: (laughs) That was (laughs) drunk. Dobby the
5: house elf. Harry Potter.
0: Ooh. Nice. Ooh! Okay. I'm gonna end on that one. That, that was one's a good, one. good. That was Patrick. What, what a Leppard. weird website! Pronounce, pronounce, keep. It's a you can vote on pronunciations.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I've been on that website before. You can catch me on You've that website try to learn how to pronounce <laughs> words before I say them out Yo, loud. everyone,
4: go out and vote for pronunciation for and Ain't also greedy. for um, our senators.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. All that shit. Yeah, it is. It is time to push the vote, as it were. And I'm pronouncing, I'm, I'm pushing the vote that we say Dobby. Yeah, That's Dobby what we also vote Dobby. Dobby. I'm not voting for Dobby though. I don't know enough about about Dobby's policies. Dobby's kind of dead.
2: Dobby's so. good, I thought. Does Dobby
1: die? I don't know shit about Harry Potter. Yes, I'm
0: sorry. The politics of house elves are something we don't have time yeah, for this pod, I, on this podcast.
1: Mm, I don't know shit about Harry Potter, so maybe there's some shit that makes that yeah, okay some, mm,
0: at that some point.
1: Just, nope. They're called house elves. Nope.
2: nope. Nothing makes it okay. Nothing at makes all. it okay. Hermione, okay, we,
1: Hermione Granger actually mm.
4: founds a coalition. I forget what yeah, it's she called. Go- yeah, she becomes to, an activist. Yeah, she becomes an okay. activist to free all house elves.
1: Does she succeed?
4: Uh, I forget. How what the fuck? Ha- mm. What's up?
3: Stop, stop. The whole thing You know who's firmly against the idea and wishes her mind would stop talking about it? Ron who's Weasley. that, Rob?
1: Oh wow. I thought you I genuinely thought you were gonna say JK Rowling.
3: <laughs> I thought she'd maybe release an update. Wait,
2: Ron is against freeing the house elves?
3: No. Like Ron was a No. He just doesn't against- th- she thinks she's being too noisy about it and it's making everyone feel <sighs> awkward and weird. And keeps interrupting people at
1: restaurants. It's very,
3: he he just doesn't think we should be a mob. I already
2: hated Ron. Okay, I already hated Ron. I hated Ron from the beginning. I didn't know about this. Ron is just like, can we not do it tonight?
1: Wow.
2: Kiss my ass, Ron Weasley. Can we
4: not get into the whole free the house elves talk? I mean, just like, can we just have one night where we don't? No, Ron. And Hermione's like, no, you fucking Fuck Ron. What is
0: she doing? my fa- my favorite quote from the sixth
1: book? You <laughs> fucking fuck. No, you fucking fuck Ron. Yeah, love No, that's it, love actually it. how
3: Harry opens Order of the Phoenix. Just ah, somewhere in that long rant. You fucking fuck. It's a, basically like J.K. Rowling actually like David Mammoth helped write that whole sequence. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. uh he really made it sing. This is Alec before his Baldwin's right turn on Harry
1: yeah I, of course of course of course that's gonna do it for us i'm austin walker find me on twitter at austin find me playing subterfuge as the color who could say i don't know i don't know what color my, my player is i do think the i know color what color. your
4: nails austin
1: yeah right i think i know who rob is though rob where can people find you on the internet
3: uh somewhere near chongos interesting Somewhere near Chongos. No, that's just a generic subject because Chongos is where it all happens. I know. We all, it is where. That's what I've heard. We all make the pilgrimage to Chongos. That's
1: okay. true.
2: All right.
1: Danielle, what about you?
2: You can find me at Danielle or I hating Ron Weasley even more than I did that five guy minutes fucking ago. fucking yeah. I hate him. He sucks. Natalie. Uh, at Natalie Watson.
1: And Patrick Klepik. That's what we see. Perfect. Find everything we do, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.advice.com. You already know what it is. Danielle, on a, on a week like this, what do we say to them?
2: Be good and be good at it. And free the goddamn house elves.
1: Also, shout-outs to, to what do This is a Friday show, but it's a Monday show. Who are we?
2: Bowen. Bowen, to Bowen and Mellow. Mello. Bowen. Both of you.
1: Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. uh Two mellow makes Bandcamp.com. Also two Miller makes on Twitter. Alright everybody, that's gonna do for us. Peace. But
3: if we liberate house elves, won't their labor seem less special?
5: Uh
3: (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. I hate it.